0: Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermon recordings and our podcast, visit BeGrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit BeGrace.org. I'm Joey Colon. I'm Chris Webster.
1: I'm Jim Wilson.
0: I'm Dave McMurray. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh uh we we uh, are talking about something this week we're talking about the book of jude, uh, jude. verses 5 through 16 mm. and uh we had a bit of an adventure getting here today dave lost his laptop or something i don't know yes so so but we're here we don't know where kendrick yep. is so kendrick if you're listening jump on in and we'll My daughter's car broke
2: out. down So that also threw me off a little bit But Ugh. she got it fixed for free She drove it to the mechanic And she's like, it was an easy, quick, free fix He just touched something And it's all better So nice. She slid a little bit on some black ice And I don't know Somehow that messed something up <laughs> But she's okay mechanics got the Midas
0: touch, huh? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. It's all good. Nice. Good. Well, we're glad
2: she's good. We're glad the mm-hmm. car's good. And we're glad we found your laptop. Yeah. So Dude, that was good. scary because I'd been walking around outside with it last night at the Super Bowl party. I think I came back inside to my office, set it down, and then walked back outside. But in my mind, I was like, oh, no, I set it down outside. It's not true. Somebody found ooh. it and put it on Chris's desk. That's what I heard. Oh. Ooh. All right. I prefer
3: to call, instead of losing or stolen, I call it. Involuntary donation.
0: Mm, is that
2: word? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Man. It wouldn't be the first time Dave had an involuntary <laughs> you know, donation of a it laptop. Was, <laughs> it was this time of year, two years ago, that I did that.
0: Was it really yeah. two years ago?
2: It was two years ago. I had just donated fifty people to a new church and I donated my laptop and I, I was just like struck by the feeling of loss all at the same time.
0: Mm. Man, it feels it like crazy. just
2: yesterday that your laptop isn't that was weird. Gone yeah
0: yeah i guess Two it's about years, time man. to lose well, it again
2: time warp. it feels like it was a year ago because we just lost a year that's true in the black hole of corona yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh man good times huh good times mm-hmm. good times mm-hmm. well you want to talk about jude
2: yes or beowulf
0: in. you're in I'm here all right cool well this is this was a was this a record for second service length did you time
2: yourself Dude, I don't know. We'll have to That's look at the question. recording. i not sure.
0: I feel like sitting in there, it was more than 56 minutes. Which 56 minutes is your record, isn't it?
2: Uh, Since we've been keeping records, yes. I think I went over an hour once. I don't know. But yeah, somewhere around there. The record is in that range. You know how I am with numbers. It's uh-huh. like a 10-point variance. between 48 <laughs> and 110 minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it, this, it was a little longer than average. mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So that means I can uh, judge by how many times dudes are like rubbing their forehead while I'm preaching. That helps me know I'm going late.
0: You know how else you could judge the big clocks we have up for you too. You could judge by those. (laughs) Those those, uh, keep time.
2: If only that worked. For some reason, my brain. I look at faces more than. Screens. So yep, yep. I, I'd, strong. I'd forgot I'd forgotten to turn on my, my timer. I, I've been using a timer, which usually helps me, but yeah, yeah, I'd forgotten to turn it on.
3: I really I just had a great thought though, too. Mm-hmm. We could have Kendrick slowly fade in the chariots of fire theme song. The mm-hmm. longer you go, mm-hmm. once you that'd be a good little <laughs> subtle. No one would understand. But then if it got yes. really loud, yeah, mm-hmm. then you'd know. Yeah, mm-hmm. will that help? I can make it happen, Dave.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that'll help. I hear that song in my head every time Joey gives you a hard time about length. So I, <laughs> I thought mean, I, mean, I would. I'm weird.
0: not. I'm not here to say that it's bad, and <laughs> it's not a hard time I'm giving. What I'm actually <laughs> saying, I'm just observing, well, Who's just stating <laughs> the facts. I'm just observing. It's it's uh, dispassionate. It's factual. Who's to say that a longer sermon is bad or? Or, right yeah
2: or short ones mm. good yep yep remember that whole talk last week about primary and secondary issues yeah mm. this tradition mm-hmm. this tradition mm. I'm starting a new tradition oh. 56 minute sermons <laughs> you, you might uh, yeah okay cool <laughs> good
0: tradition yeah cool tradition bro. I got
3: the evening service version and I think he trimmed it way down because oh, yeah. it seemed like I guess you were well, thinking about the Super Bowl Steve and behind it was like him
0: blowing up an yeah. inflatable. Yeah, Steve yeah, was like, "Hurry, <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry!" Steve was yeah. in there
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> with his inflatable. I did.
2: <laughs> I did read a long text twice, and so I figured that out. It took me two services to figure that out. Oh yeah, I don't have to read it twice because it's already pretty long. So I just read it once in the evening service. Mm.
0: Well, I missed out on Steve's Super Bowl Extraordinaire. I was on baby duty. Well, Catherine did errands, so.
2: Hmm. And by errands, you mean she went to the sports bar to eat hot wings and watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they were doing
0: uh, wedding dress shopping. I don't know if I'm oh, allowed to say that yeah, or not. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, uh, yes. For so. somebody that she knows.
0: uh someone somewhere. Is getting somewhere? Yeah, they are looking for a dress. So I've heard of such people. I heard that the Super Bowl is the best time to do that because most people won't be at the wedding dress place. But uh, uh, seems pretty <laughs> smart. <laughs> well, before before we went live, I said I gotta leave on time today. I've got an hmm. appointment, and okay. so I did a really good job starting us uh, in a good <laughs> in a good way. But uh, yeah, Leviticus, Leviticus, uh, Jude, <laughs> Jude, five. <laughs> uh yes. 16 5 through 16 because Jude only has one uh, one chapter. So mm-hmm. you want to, This was uh I was joking that it was really long, but it's it was long and it's a lot of stuff and goes in lots yeah. of places. Yeah. So maybe before we start you could uh you could summarize for us, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh in in a short time period. Do you think you could summarize? Mm-hmm. Quick summary? Uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: Well, my first summary kind of, or my first point is kind of the summary. The first point was uh, Jesus will destroy evil. And so that's kind of the main idea. If you're just going to give one main idea, God is judge. Jesus will come back and judge evil. The false teachers, this is in contra, you know, against what the false teachers were saying, which was like, there is no judgment. doesn't matter what we do. Grace means we can do whatever we want to. And Jude's saying, no, there's there's going to be a judgment. Um, and then I tried to back up from that and say, hey, here's what the Bible does about grace and judgment. There's often this kindness towards um, struggling sinners and then this harshness towards false teachers. False teachers are proclaiming no judgment. You know, the sinners are like stuck in their sin, confused about it, and Jesus is very kind and patient with them. So I was trying to, I also kind of did that pre-setup with the comparing the harsh tone of Jude with the softer kinder tone of Jesus with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. I think that's important for us to maintain that kind of biblical balance in our heads. Gentle Jesus. Gentle Jesus destroys evil.
0: Yeah, I really I I really appreciated the woman at the well part. I think that probably stood out to me most from your whole mm-hmm. sermon mm-hmm. was just the uh I don't know the welcomingness of it and the uh, affirmingness of it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think a lot of times affirming word gets uh abused maybe sorry for the percussions in the background but that's all right uh, it's good it's good we're real we're doing it live and there's percussion in the background <laughs> percussion and piano i don't know if you can hear both but uh, mm. i don't know it just felt really uh real and true to me to look at mm. the the jesus with the woman at the well in this context i don't know if anybody mm. else uh, had any stirrings about that section, but that's that's I think probably what stood out to me most from the sermon, just sitting and listening.
2: Yeah, mm. I really liked it. I'm glad you liked it. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good that you liked it. I was also trying to set up. So the title was waterless. So that that's one of one of the many descriptions that yeah. Jude uses a false teacher. So part of the trouble with this text is Jude uses lots and lots of descriptions of false teachers. So one that stood out to me was waterless clouds. And so I was trying to set that, you know, the whole water, water feeding and giving life. And so false teachers are like waterless clouds. They're like clouds that a farmer looks up at and is like, oh, rain is coming. But then the rain never comes. Um, And his crops are still starving and he's still starving. That's what a false teacher is like. Whereas Jesus is the fountain of life. He is the true living water. And that's what he was offering to the woman at the well in John four, and to all the people of Jerusalem in John chapter seven, and so I thought that was a nice, just a nice contrast to contrast to the 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 invitation that Jesus gives to come to Him for living water.
0: Did uh, did you run that by Jonathan Cobb to make sure that farmers actually look up to clouds and wonder if it's rain?
2: i did not man. Oh, man i need to i need to pre-check with him more often before i do this stuff yeah you also were had you a, were so I had a confident. picture of a wolf eating a lamb and i didn't check with him on that either so. mm,
0: you were just so confident and you're like if you're a farmer this is how you act and i was like <laughs> man i hope you ran that by a farmer i don't know and he <laughs> didn't and he didn't i think it's pretty universal yeah <laughs> i'm sure there's some country songs about it but yeah (laughs) yeah what uh, what said out to y'all and gentle gentle jesus destroying evil Hmm. everybody wants to talk about the other parts
3: well I i i do think i think you hit well on um that that we do tend to slip into Only talk about gentle Jesus and not about judgment. That's our Mm -hmm. culture, our Mm -hmm. cultural leanings these days. Um, I've noticed that pendulum swing from at least the church used to have a a very strong stereotype of fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. And then I think we we reacted to that and reacted to the culture's reaction to that. And and so sometimes we we go all the way the other direction. And, And there is just startling. Uh, grace (laughs) so it's Mm -hmm. I mean it's not I don't think that it's completely wrong but I think this is hitting on a a Mm -hmm. like wait a second what did he just say kind of a (laughs) kind Mm -hmm. of a moment Uh, yeah that Jesus Jesus destroyed someone and uh, Mm -hmm. so I think uh, yeah it's a a, it was just a good call to continue to have a scriptural balanced view of who God is and who Jesus is because I I do think we we tend to let the culture tell us who, mm-hmm. what, what we're supposed to say about God and how we're supposed mm-hmm. to talk about God, even mm-hmm. in the ways that they judge us. Well, mm-hmm. Jesus is love, and you're not being loving. Uh, you know, that's that's a common that's a common thing, and and that's it's just a fascinating way our brains get pulled into. Mm-hmm. That is the full definition of who Jesus is. Is um, or that's, yeah, that's where it ends. That's where it stops. It's that mm-hmm. and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, a, this is the other side of that coin, um, that Jesus doesn't let go of justice. Jesus doesn't turn a blind eye to evil. Um, but he calls it what it is. Yeah.
1: Well, and there's this confusion about what judgment really is. Hmm. What the separation between our ability to make judgments and the judgment that Jesus is going to bring. Mm. And so our culture says, Oh, you can't judge me. I can do whatever I want. Mm. You yeah. know, and and so there's a there's this uh I mean it's become the barrier to hearing any truth, right? Mm-hmm. I don't wanna hear what is really true about what I'm doing. And so therefore I say, oh, don't judge me.
2: Mm. You
1: know? mm. Yeah. Dave and I we we were diving diving
3: in before the sermon about just shame and the, the weird uh you know dealing with that and again we want to say these things as kindly we're not celebrating oh judgment's our favorite thing but <laughs> um but it, it is it's an interesting thing i think i think there's a lot to it of just we also culturally really struggle with rules that can't be changed <laughs> mm-hmm. like that we don't get to define and can't be changed mm-hmm. um because I do think the way the way we're tempted to try to deal with feelings of guilt or shame or however you want to define it, like feeling of wrongness that I am I've done something wrong, is to say, well, man, wh- can't we get rid of the nanny, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or can we get rid of the referee, mm-hmm. or can we can't we change the rule, and then I'll just feel great all the time instead of feeling bad about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna rearrange the system so i don't have to feel bad anymore right like that's a great way out of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think all of us feel that temptation um Mm -hmm. the fact that god sees what happens in secret like what a (laughs) like oh man i can't even go hide and do wrong things i there's nowhere to hide Mm -hmm. um but we do have that temptation of either we want to just change the referee get rid of the referee or change the rules um Mm -hmm. and and but we don't get to right there's a there's a standard praise god there's a standard that doesn't change and that mm-hmm. that is a comfort to those of us who rest in Jesus and that's, that's supposed to be a very hard thing for people who who aren't or they're mm-hmm. supposed to feel that guilt and, and realize there's no way other way to deal with it than following mm-hmm. Jesus
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the confusing things about the text is he keeps coming back to the theme of authority. So, he mentioned that in verse 4, they denied the sovereign Lord. And then he talks about authority several times in, in verses 5 through 16. And and that's just disorienting for modern culture. Like, we don't know what to do with that because we're like, well, of course we know that's a meaningless point because who cares about authority? You know, like, that's it, it's so ingrained in us as modern people to not value authority that we're like, okay, interesting point, Jude, but kind of irrelevant. But… It's, it's, it just shows how far off we are. You know, like, we don't even we don't even value authority ourselves. Like, that that is a huge area that, yeah, I'd love to do a whole other sermon just on that. I feel like I really was zeroing in on leadership habits and immorality, but disrespect for authority is a huge part of what he's talking about as well. Mm-hmm. We'll save that for another podcast, I guess. <laughs>
0: not disrespect my authority <laughs> um, uh, can you talk about your illustration on this one it was gehenna right how did that mm-hmm, tie mm-hmm. in you said it was mm-hmm. i remember you saying it was like visceral because it was near and close and you could see it you yeah. smell it you knew it was there mm-hmm. you knew bad things mm-hmm. happened there how did yeah. that connect to gentle jesus and judging evil destroying evil
2: Yeah, I think uh, I was trying to just add in an emotional tie of the same Jesus who we have a hard time thinking of as a judger of evil used this illustration, you know? (laughs) So, like, okay, we know Jesus is going to judge. There are things in the New Testament that say Jesus will judge, right? So, statements about Jesus. But how did Jesus talk about the judgment? He talked about separation from God being like Gehenna, which was a place they all knew, which smelled really bad. It was viscerally disgusting. It was a place of constant fire and smoldering smoke. It was a place with a history of sin and rebellion, um, child sacrifice, horrible things. And so I just wanted people to feel the first century oomph of how Jesus described the judgment, um, being outside Mm -hmm. of the kingdom. Um, I think that was it, really. I don't think I had a really uh, abstract teaching idea with that other than just, hey, this is this is what Jesus said separation from God is like. This is what he said judgment is like. It's like this burning, stinking, nasty dump outside the city that they all knew about, they were all familiar with.
0: What's the, uh, I know you, you tied it to a dump. Is there anything mm-hmm. more modern that would be similar? Because I don't think mm. very many people go to the dump.
2: I just remember taking a load to the dump with a, a dude I was working for when I was a teenager and just being amazed at how bad it smelled. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I didn't know anything smelled this bad. It was so terrible. And the dump in Harker Heights is not bad at all. It hardly even smells. It's more. like, it's like well, a recycling it's, center. It's not a dump. Yeah,
0: it's a recycling center. Yeah, it's not center. really a dump.
2: Yeah. There's like one little container of, of trash. The rest of it's just separated stuff.
0: There's a real dump maybe in Kaleen. that's the,
2: Maybe that's the thing. Maybe if we separated it more, it wouldn't smell so bad. Anyway... Uh, I just, that was just a visceral memory I had, like, just think of this nastiest thing you've ever seen, you know, roadkill or something disgusting, that's what it's like, you know. Um, I guess we've probably all had different experiences of disgustingness we could fill in the blank with. Mm. Anybody want to share your most disgusting memories? <laughs> mm. well, I think... Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, yes, I'll have one to share. No, I guess one one thing I was thinking about the whole passage is... Um, that he he does use, he's talking about false teaching mm-hmm. and and the judgment and then it's it's a it's like almost a hundred percent negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it there's this implied positive on the other side. That's a that's another fascinating thing to go through of like um to to celebrate. I think I, again it's a cultural thing and it's a thing we do is like we sing all our worship songs. They're not about judgment they're about grace mm. and and life and the goodness of God and so but all these mm. things we can't forget like if we just stare at judgment right then we're just like oh my gosh, how bad is judgment
2: mm-hmm.
3: but like like you're saying that's that's out of the presence of God and in mm. the but in the presence of God there's fullness of joy so mm. so I think it's good to remember these are continual these are two sides of the same coin the goodness of God is so incredible mm-hmm. and the judgment is so horrible you know we're not just right now we're just looking at the horror of the judgment mm-hmm. but each of these like so like i loved the part where he just starts writing little haikus in the middle <laughs> of waterless clouds it's like yeah i was like man what, how often in scripture i've seen some dude just go off on let me give you 12 metaphors in a row it was pretty fun but then it's mm-hmm. like look at the other side of that what what you know what's the opposite of waterless cloud it's this refreshing life-giving you know supposed to be the idea like so the presence of god the truth of god the mm-hmm. the true gospel is yeah. the opposite of that it is a it is a life-giving thing you know so anyway i just think that's yeah. a that could be a cool quiet time moment just go back through jude or specifically this section and try to write down so what is true what is truth and what is the word of god if it's the opposite of all of those things Mm -hmm. that could be a beautiful worship moment
0: well and and how are there two sides to that coin right it's because christ took our judgment on the cross right that Mm -hmm. that was how you ended this first point even dave Mm -hmm. just like i'm not calling you to live in fear or live in concern because of judgment we're calling you to come to jesus because he takes our judgment right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm yeah So, yeah, So I think yeah, you you can't have two both sides of the coin without, without that the cross that, that pinnacle. Mhm. Do you guys know what that was? You know what that was? Mm-hmm. Don't cross you? chart, the chart, uh-huh. yeah. the chart, yeah. The yeah. cross yeah. chart.
2: Dude, and I don't know if y'all knew this but the feast, the festival in John 7 where Jesus says, "I'm the living water if anybody's thirsty come to me and drink." That festival where he stands up in the middle and basically disrupts the festival was a water <laughs> crop mm-hmm. festival you know like that's what it was about mm-hmm. it was like God has given us rain and crops and they were like celebrating and they'd carry around pictures of water and celebrate God's abundance and um, yeah so that is that That John 7 is the is the inversion of, of that waterless cloud negative picture
0: so. mm-hmm. anything else about mm-hmm. the first point mm-hmm. nope 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 all nope, right. nope, nope. We, we have a couple of, of comments, and I don't know why I can see them today. I usually can't see them. Do you oh. want to do them before we go to the second point? Sure, they're sure, pretty, yeah. I think they're pretty easy. First one is, I'm a soldier with a lot of tattoos and plan to get more, but as a Christian, I struggle to understand if it's a sin. I'm tracking Leviticus 1928 What do you guys think? Anybody have an answer before I give mine? <laughs> 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 My answer is obvious. Go ahead, Dave. Mine is just this right here. Look, I have them <laughs> too.
2: See? Joey clone got them. That's him. my first Did answer. you get them when you were a sinner or when you were a Christian?
0: Um, I got them <laughs> when I
2: was a Christian, trap. but I'm still a trap. sinner, so it's a trap. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. What do you say, Dave? Trap. Quick answer. We don't have a ton of Quick time. Answer, but I uh,
2: we're not under the Old Covenant, so I think it's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not a Ten Commandment
2: issue? Yeah, it's not a Ten Commandment issue. My, that's my... The week before I preached that you know how we know what's enduring is God highlighted it for us by putting it in a golden box. Dave also has a tattoo on his right elbow. That's why
0: he was wearing a a brace all week. He didn't want anybody to see it. All right. Yep. Second question. Ready? How would others from different countries that have never heard the gospel be judged?
2: Uh, we're we're judged by what we know. Uh, Romans one actually talks about that. That we're without excuse. We know we know God is there. So. Um, We're not judged for, like, you know, knowing how to spell Jesus' name. You know, there's not a a level of specificity to knowing the whole story we're judged for. We're judged for uh, rebelling from God and not turning to him in faith, you know. So the New Testament's pretty clear that Abraham knew God by faith, just like we know God by faith. We just have more details. Now we can flesh it out for people with the story of the cross, and we should do that. And there should be a compulsion we have to let everybody know about it. Because there's power in that story, um, but ultimately people are judged by turning from God rather than running to God. And all of creation screams about God, so mm-hmm. everyone yeah. has can, some witness to God. Yeah, Psalm 19 is the one that says that, Romans 1, they kind of, Romans 1, 19 and Psalm 19, you can kind of squish together, they, they make a nice systematic theology of that. Clarity. God's constantly calling to people and we're running from him. So,
0: yeah, hopefully that's helpful. I don't know how yeah. I'm seeing the comments. I don't usually yeah. see them, but I that's saw cool. them. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Comment givers. Mm-hmm. All right. Point two. Your point two is sexual immorality is a slow poison. Mm. And uh, uh I don't know. Where do we go here? <laughs> this was a big one, right? This, this was, was the long... sermon within yeah. the sermon. Yeah. So. Ready, uh, go? I don't know. Ready, go. What do you want to say? You want to summarize it first, Dave, this point
2: only? The the meaning of the phrase is it feels great up front, so it doesn't seem like poison. So that that was the point. It's a slow poison. God says it's poison. That means it's poison. Uh, Those of us have lived a while and known people and seen different situations, have seen it, have a long-term destructive effect on people's lives. Generally, when we dabble in sexual immorality, we don't immediately see it, though. It, it's just like, wow, this, this feels great, you know. Um, it's a very feeling-based, pleasure-based sort of thing. Um, yeah, so we, we turn to God and say, okay, God knows better than I do how to live my life. And I already know, I can see in other areas as well, this is a really important argument. I can see in other areas that the first thing I want is not always the best thing for me. Like, it's possible for me to want things that are bad for me. So just, I think that's the most important thing to agree on, uh, that even people that that want to say that sexual immorality must be indulged in, even they would not apply that to other areas of life. They'd say, yeah, there's some things in life I want that aren't good for me. They just are refusing to apply that to sexual immorality.
1: Well, we wouldn't deny that sin fulfills its promised pleasure. Mm, right, so it how- it promises something that you, you know, you say, "Oh, that would be good," mm-hmm. and and it will fulfill that, but the consequence mm-hmm. is not talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that to to understand that there, that what God tells us to do is not you can't have any pleasure. It's mm-hmm. I'm trying to protect you,
2: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this
1: protection is through these rules that I've given about. Who you are and how life is supposed to be lived.
2: Mm.
0: Well, and mm. come have pleasure in me, come delight in me, right? Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Piper's done a good job of that. Yeah, communicating that to come to come to God in faith is to find ultimate joy and ultimate delight. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I just lost it. Never mind. Moving on.
3: I guess I had one. One thought was, I was just rejoicing in this is such a good example of the authority of Scripture, um, and so and and <laughs> not to puff your head up, Dave, but a good example of good teaching, right? You you, you see a, a scriptural standard and you just say it. You know, every, every time mm-hmm. this comes up, and it's and when it's when it's something like culturally shocking. There's just that moment of oh wait he just said that he just <laughs> he just he just said it he he just said it because the <laughs> Bible says it you know and I, I think that's such a great picture of how we should treat scripture and I think it was good you know uh, I would just keep encouraging you to keep going and saying what the Bible says and then mm-hmm. personally we we can take that and translate into that and say we all have a or can we can have a reaction and and there's something after the but in our sentences right mm-hmm. I know the Bible says this but what mm-hmm. but I can't stop feeling this way mm-hmm. and, and and I heard this you know kind of grammatical thing is like even in parenting you know wh- or whatever you're saying whatever you say after the but that's what you actually mean mm-hmm. right So mm-hmm. I know the Bible says this but I can't stop feeling this way and the impl- implication is. So I'm just going to keep doing it. I know the Bible says this, but it really feels like it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really putting all my weight on. Mm -hmm. Um, but but like you were so you could have said i know the bible says this is wrong clearly Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to talk about that right and but you didn't you resisted that right and just said here's what the bible says and you're able you're not just an animal you're able to actually especially with the help of the holy spirit do what's right and Mm -hmm. say no to evil and say yes to good Mm -hmm. And God's standard. Um, And so I just, I thought that was a great, I I think we're losing the authority of scripture and as an ultimate authority in our Mm -hmm. culture for Mm -hmm. sure. Right. Mm -hmm. We're just saying whatever I said after the, butt is what is most important. And I'm going to shoehorn scripture into that. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel this way and I'm going to say scripture can't make sense unless it lines up with how I feel about Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. or I'm tempted by something. And, and if the Bible ever says that's wrong, mm-hmm. then the Bible must be wrong, not my feelings. Mm-hmm. And and we have to keep like fighting to say, Scripture first. Scripture is the thing that gets to speak into our feelings and into mm-hmm. our temptations, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't change. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I really liked that. Uh, I I also appreciated you pointing out. You know the the Romans part where it's like you know, it's just another sin like we don't need to make a big deal out of it and then pointing back to us right so Mm -hmm. it's so easy i feel like to be like well this thing and that thing but not to look back at us and say okay well what does scripture say is just as bad as this you said Mm -hmm. religious backbiting being self-righteous right right? Mm -hmm. so um i don't know i thought i thought it was really cool to look back to it and then now i'm looking at your notes and it says in this part you had a picture of poison pick Mm -hmm. a poison but i don't did you show a picture of poison?
2: I was running I behind. Think you I skipped, skipped it. Right? it. Okay. I never showed it. Yeah, so I'm really it was hoping. There, but I never said. Look at this picture of poison. Yeah.
0: I'm really hoping it's um, what's his name, Kronk, Gronk. What's the guy from uh, Emperor's New Groove? It's a poison. <laughs> I'm hoping
2: that's what the picture was. Uh, that's what you should imagine.
0: But but it also <laughs> reminds me. You know, in your notes it says pick of poison. But I'm thinking also like pick of poison. Like you're picking mm-hmm. your poison uh, mm-hmm. in in what yeah. your sin is right and then you're looking at yeah. other people who are poisoned you know it's the log and the speck yeah. almost like mm-hmm. we're we're missing it when we're just looking at everyone else and saying this is where you're wrong but we mm-hmm. got to look at ourselves and and see mm-hmm. the religious backbiting and self-righteousness mm-hmm. is, is just as bad i think it was necessary and good to focus on this but i appreciated you also saying but you know you're not off the hook either mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyways yeah that makes me think too. Um,
3: maybe a modern dynamic I hadn't really thought of, for, but for some reason I was just thinking about when Joey was saying that. So, so Dave, mm-hmm. you can help me out. But you were you were saying, if I remember right, the way what a false teacher does is says, um, basically, God has a standard, but you you'll be okay. Go you know go with your gut, follow your own passion. It's mm-hmm. you know ignore ignore the standard, ignore the authority, basically. I just—I guess it—it it made me think. The the weird modern thing of these viral <laughs> posts and these little images and these little quotes that we pass along, um, that basically say those things, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. believe in yourself, and sure, you know, yeah. I mean, there's different contexts for these things, so sometimes they're not out, out and out false teaching, but I just—I mean, I guess that's a a call to action and a called a caution for for those of us in the digital age of don't pass along false teaching mm. like be able to taste that and because in know in a sense when you when you do pass along those false gospels you're aiding and abetting false teaching are you becoming a false teacher i don't know but you're definitely sharing the message you're becoming a false evangelist and so i don't know i think there's a I, I just see there's a lot of of these pseudo Christian authors that have these really great sounding sound bites that get turned into a picture and it just feels so nice and you just pass them along without thinking, um, and that becomes this loud shout after a while of a, of a false gospel. So uh, that was a thing I hadn't really thought about, but we need to think about how we interact with with <laughs> the meme gospels, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah
0: for sure oh
2: man Yeah, I think uh, part of what set me off the last few weeks is is seeing stuff like that and I think the last couple of years seeing stuff like that wanting to come to Jude to respond and then Jude brought like more firepower than I think I was really wanting to bring <laughs> 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 I was like whoa okay but yeah that's part I think Go that was part of text. what was driving me to do Ju- yeah yeah so it was intense hmm. It was so clearly, also just to clarify, like, why would I do verses 5 through 16? You know, why would I do this huge chunk for Jude, relative to Jude? Well, it was because it's so clearly one, like, this is one section of Jude. So, often as a preacher, I think in, like, themes. So, this is the theme where he refutes the false teachers, and he's saying the same thing over and over again. And I just... Underestimated how many details <laughs> he was able to pack in there in those eleven verses. So, um, so anyway, that was my mistake. If I had to do it all over again, I would do two weeks on it, uh, which would be hard to do two weeks that negative back to back. But I think you know both of those main ideas were the same overall theme. Uh, but yeah, Jude just has an interesting writing style. I feel like it's. Uh, I was telling Chris, it's like Beck. I don't know anybody who listens to Beck. That that string of metaphors, like. Uh, that song I'm a loser baby he just like strings together all these weird images and metaphors like one after another bang 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 and that, that's what it reminds me of
3: Jude, the Jude. Beck of the Bible. Yes.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Jim.
3: You were saying something.
1: Uh, never heard of him. <laughs> you probably
0: him uh, and you just don't know it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I know of a back, but I don't think it's the Beck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the whole idea of identity was really important, as you pointed it out. That mm-hmm. what what happens is we put our identity into something that supports. Are the butt in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're saying, we're saying, well, God says this, but I'm really this, mm-hmm. and you know, because of the things that I am uh, struggling with, well, this is how I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know you didn't have time for it, but I think the whole other sermon could be about, okay, you may think that's your identity, but what is your identity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and how do you live within the identity you have in christ Mm -hmm. what does that do what has happened as you became Mm -hmm. in christ Mm -hmm. Uh, because something happened and it was Mm -hmm. a once for all happening right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that was kind of pointed out i think in the the last week's sermon where he says Mm -hmm. it was given once for all the saints
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and we i think even christians fall into the idea of culture that says oh yeah but it's so hard Mm-hmm. You know, and we forget that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have this thing that can, and but we still get to make choices.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. so, reminding ourselves of what God did and who we now are enables us mm-hmm. to resist and mm-hmm. to say, "Nope, God's God's p- capable of changing that in me." So I know I'm no longer tempted by that. Mm-hmm. I used, may still be reminded and tempted. But you can resist the temptation because of who you are, because God's gracious, and he loves you, and he cares for you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's fascinating, too, how I was hearing this, man, I don't know where I heard this. I can't remember if it was in a sermon or, like, pop psychology, but it's true in both both realms. The way the brain is made, when we practice things, it actually changes mm. how we see them, you know. Um, and I think it's the same way in the spiritual life. When we when we do good, we begin loving the good more. I think this was actually a sermon that I was hearing, but that's just kind of the way God's made us. So we can not love something intellectually or in our heart, but we trust Jesus enough to try to obey him. So we do what he tells us to do. And the more we do what he tells us to do, we begin to form mm-hmm. uh, or be formed more and more in the image of Christ. We begin begin to love what Jesus loves, even though we maybe didn't really start there. We just loved Jesus, but we didn't love what Jesus loved, mm-hmm. you know? And so we start trying to do what Jesus does and it, it, it forms us and it, it reshapes us. So, And I think it's important to say, like you did, Jim, that there are some, and every Christian's experience with this is different, there are some temptations that just don't really bother you much anymore. And there are others that keep bothering you your whole life, but you can learn to resist more robustly and more healthily and more joyfully often to those temptations. So I think it needs to be clarified that um, the test of spiritual growth is not if you're ever tempted again, because we're all, you know, we're all Mm -hmm. tempted. So for some things, those things kind of just disappear and they don't even appeal to us anymore. I know there are some sins that I wrestled with that just, they're not appealing. They just kind of are gross to me. They're not appealing. And then there are other sins that continue to tempt me. Um, And so I think that's, that's helpful for people to hear just yeah the both end
1: Mm.
3: yeah i think the uh what i keep thinking of when both of y'all were talking about the idea of a winnable battle Mm. like the psychological difference between there's nothing i can't do this Mm. and this is possible Mm. (laughs) Mm. right like and and so dave you were you were kind of saying like we start with this idea of okay i'm gonna believe what you said about me is true and what you've said god and what you've said about yourself is true and therefore this is a winnable battle Mm -hmm. this this fight with whatever Mm -hmm. and then if if you actually press in and and win then it reinforces that and says, OK, not only do I know it's winnable because you said it, mm-hmm. I know it's winnable because it happened mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I won like, yeah. wow, are you one in me? This is great. And then mm-hmm. that reinforces, reinforces, reinforces. I had a silly, a silly illustration that it made me think of. Um, I don't know if you guys struggle with this, but most dudes I know have a hard time finding things like <laughs> going into the cabinet and find whatever mm. <laughs> And, and there's this funny thing uh, we say at my house. We just say, it's right in front of your face. Like, mm-hmm. I just started telling myself, it's right in front of your face. Cause mm-hmm. half the time it is. Mm-hmm. But, but, so I tell my boys, like, hey, you're looking for your socks. It's probably right in front of your face. And how many times now my oldest is like, oh, I found it. And I'm like, where was it? <laughs> right in front of my face. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but what I've oh. analyzed out of that is like, Well, you know, this funny thing of like walking to the cabinet and like, there's no way I'm going to find this thing. Like, Mm. like that's where my heart's at. I'm going to search for 12 hours and never going to find it. But just saying that little funny thing, it's right in front of my face. I'm like, oh, it's a winnable battle. Like, I'm probably just not putting enough effort in and Mm. it's easier to go ask my wife because she knows where everything is. You know, I'm just going (laughs) to give it. But that that winnable battle thing is so, so big psychologically of like it gives you the the uh, just that little push to actually try and to Mm -hmm. say, I'm not just going to give up before I've even tried because uh I know it can. I, this thing can be won, mm. um, and so anyway, there's my silly illustration.
0: <laughs> well, and the more you win those, the more you're going to learn and know the cabinets and know their locations, which means yeah. you keep winning. Oh. Mm, nice. Mm. And he'll be
2: conformed ever to I, the
3: image of Brooke. But <laughs> don't ever ask me to look for something in a girl's purse. <laughs> no, those places are scary, scary yeah. places. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, point three. <laughs> point three. False teachers are selfishly destructive.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um That one wasn't quite as pointed as I wanted it to be.
0: I was gonna say maybe you can break down just the grammar of that sentence for me. Yeah. False teachers um, are selfishly destructive.
2: The destructive is kind of obvious. That's kind of the point that's the point of the whole passage. But the, the selfish thing I was trying to get at the 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 bookends at the beginning and the end he had a bookend of and this came up other places too, but he had a bookend of the beginning, I think it was verse eleven or twelve, he talks about moving from Cain to um Balaam to Korah, and Balaam particularly was a was a false teacher for hire, you know. So it was like he took advantage of others and that's he made it you know, made money and that's why I did the false teaching kind of thing. Um, and then it comes back around to the very last verse. I gotta look it up here to get it right, verse
1: sixteen, 16.
2: which is another one of the haiku's that Chris liked. Grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires, loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. Um so there's just that specific like they're showing favoritism, which is partiality, you know, a biblical sin of of like honoring one person more than the other person because you can get more stuff out of that person. And that's what false teachers do. Um, So I just think that was that was the main point I was trying to pull out. Like I said, with Jude, he had he had like 10 other points (laughs) as well. Um, But it's a mark of a false teacher that they're uh, just wanting to enrich themselves to get more money, more stuff, more followers, more empire, more influence. And they're just taking advantage of people and teaching false doctrine for for that sake. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to go around the horn real quick, and if everyone can just say how they're taking advantage of people to gain, uh, real quick. <laughs> Ready,
2: go!
0: Uh-oh. I'll never share my
2: secrets, Joey. Yeah, uh, that
0: implies you have secrets, Chris. <laughs> oh no! Uh-oh. Trade trade secrets,
2: and what? then there was Nothing. the whole shepherd thing. I mean, that was the picture I used—the shepherd eating. You know, so instead of a selfless shepherd, there's are so, selfish shepherds that are wolves in sheep's clothing, eating the sheep, uh, the waterless clouds, fruitless trees. You know, the whole there's a bunch of that as well.
0: Yeah, hmm. I I guess. My big question from this was if mm-hmm. if maybe y'all could help work through, how does somebody – so, okay, mm-hmm. hold on, back up, sorry. I'm filibustering myself now. Um, <laughs> you know, you your application for this point is, okay, so leave, like leave the selfish mm-hmm. leaders, leave yeah the, the manipulative leaders, leave that church, mm-hmm. you know, don't listen to that podcast, um, stop watching that YouTube video, I don't know, mm-hmm. but how – how do we know and i mean i have an idea i guess but like how how does um bob know that the podcast he's listening to is a manipulative or selfish leader
2: well i think i so you know i've set up how jude emphasizes dude did i just get louder or did i insert the uh Headphone deeper in my head. Okay. All of a sudden it's like way louder. It's, uh, that, I turned it up on the soundboard fit. from my yeah. house. You know? Yeah. Um, so Jude is emphasizing the watch their life aspect. But the New Testament says, watch what they teach. Is it true? Does it line up with the Bible? Does it talk about Jesus? Does it measure to the, you know, First Corinthians 15, the basic facts of the gospel? But also watch their life. So, so I think in reality, it ends up being both, right? Here, Jude is emphasizing the look at their life stuff. But I think, to answer your question, Joey, like we have a family that came here from another church because of this. And it was a back and forth. It was like, hey, what he said doesn't seem to line up with the scripture. Oh, I see. What he said is actually helping him get more money. You know, and it was like this back and forth um kind of questioning this and then seeing that and then questioning this and, and putting the the two and two together so I think that's how like for that example that's how it worked out for somebody recently
0: yeah I guess it makes it, it makes a lot of sense and it seems pretty obvious if like mm-hmm. I attend a church and it, mm-hmm. I can start to see that and I can see that person's mm-hmm. life I guess my question is more like how do I know about this podcast host or how do I know about Mm -hmm. this YouTube video or this meme that's being shared? You know, how,
2: how does one examine their lives?
0: And I I do think,
2: I do think this shows an inherent danger in how we um, digest media in a consumeristic way apart from community. So, so some would take this to the extreme and say, therefore we should never broadcast media, you know, but, Paul broadcast media, you know, like, in the first century they were sending letters, but there was this um, affirmation that the person bringing the letter knew the guy that wrote the letter and he was the real deal. You know what I mean? So there was a, there was still a community affirmation. So I think we can still look for that, mm-hmm. even in our consumeristic age. We can say, well, do the people around this person respect them? Are they healthy? You know, do they... Uh, do they bear the marks of love for their family, for their community? Um, and just, I, so I just think asking the question, I think what you're asking is like where the line is. And I don't, I mean, I don't know other than clear, you know, there's clear black and white lines of they're absolutely sinning. I'm done. And that's easy. It's hard to know, like when you're somewhere in between and you're not sure, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I don't, just think- I'm actually not asking about where mm-hmm. a line is. I'm actually, mm-hmm. I think more asking like, how do how do we even start discovering mm-hmm. like I I I don't know, maybe we have to do more research before we choose a podcast to listen to or maybe like I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how you get info about mm-hmm. false teachers and how to know if they're false or not when yeah, you're not actually
2: So here's a way I would say it if I'm gonna try to not say this too roughly. We value – the way this looks at our church is we have elders, and the elders double-check me, right? Um, At another church, they might have denominational standards where they have to pass, you know, ordination exams. They have to be examined at a regional level, at a local level. Um, At some other church, it might look like another criteria, maybe a congregational examination of some kind but I would look for patterns of accountability. That's what I would say that that's like, you don't have to be the private investigator that goes and follows them around and makes sure they're good people, but are they living in a community of accountability? I think, I think that's a good way to, to say it in general terms and in different denominations that can look slightly differently, but is there anything at all, you know, like, is there any accountability or are they the untouchable anointed that tells everybody what to think? tells everybody what to do, and they have no, you know, no back channels looking into their life and asking them questions. So, I think that, to me, that's the most dangerous category of of leader or podcaster or teacher that we might know from a distance. And I think you can know that generally at a public level, like if if they have any kind of accountability in their life.
1: And I I think, too, you know, God promises that if we ask for wisdom, He'll give us wisdom. So, that Mm. discernment can be use when you're listening to somebody say what are they really trying to get me to do mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what does this really line up with what the bible says
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and you know it, it becomes obvious in some settings and guys are you know going to each person in the audience trying to figure out if they got a demon in them and trying to cast it out on video or mm-hmm. trying to you know make somebody's uh, legs better uh you know it I've been in those situations. It's really obvious that they're manipulating people, Mm. and they're doing it for money and for fame. Mm. And I think that's easy to see. I think some of the other stuff where they are purposefully disregarding Scripture in a way that they would say, yeah, the culture, you know, really makes some sense here. And this is, you know, this is all ancient, old stuff, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they really didn't know much. But God's wisdom still prevails and shows us that, nope, it that's timeless. And mm-hmm. I think we have to ask God for wisdom every time we enter those situations with new podcasts and new teachers and stuff like that. Say, help me see whether this is true or not mm-hmm. so that I don't get trapped in it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, too, not just, Dave, you mentioned their accountability, but what's your accountability, mm-hmm. what's your community structure to – um like with, I was thinking with the memes. <laughs> I was thinking with the meme thing. Uh, do you have anybody uh, who has? Uh, we call I, forget, I think it was Celebrate Recovery that calls it a fishing license. Mm. That that you have given license to look into your life and actually give you feedback on what you're sharing on social media, what you're saying mm. is true, what you're thinking is true, mm. and you've actually given them permission to say hard things or you just know them well enough and you know each other well enough that you both have a fishing life sense for Mm -hmm. each other and um because that's what i and that's what i've seen that's that's so inherently dangerous these things could be pretty obvious to someone who loves scripture and wants to follow jesus and has a humble heart Mm -hmm. it can be pretty pretty obvious like that meme was crazy that you just shared but more and more on social media, you're not allowed, you know, there's none of that backtalk. There's yeah. N- mm-hmm. yeah, you're not allowed to say anything. And so you have to be careful to make sure you have someone who loves the Bible, who loves Jesus, who is wise and humble, that, that will call you out on that. Or you mm-hmm. can even ask about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, again, it's like inherently we're saying, I'm all alone. How do I do this all alone? You you don't do it alone. That's yeah. how you. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you do, that's good. You don't you don't just trust your own head and your own.
2: Yeah,
3: and, and I think that's what I've seen the wise people at churches do as well. Is they'll say, uh, this this pastor seems to be going off the deep end, and and maybe I'll talk to him, and maybe he has a great defense, but it still feels wrong. So okay, well I've got a group of people who love Scripture and love Jesus over here do you see this too? Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? And be willing to hear them. Because you might be wrong. You might Mm -hmm. be jumping to wrong conclusions. That happens as well. But Mm -hmm. um, anyway, that was my thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those are helpful. We have the Holy Spirit. We have community. Those things help us. We can observe the community that the person speaks from. If that person speaks from a Mm, this is rough because we're in a weird celebrity culture now you know what I would defer to another podcast that I just listened to the other day that I thought was really helpful Um, it was Life Books and Everything Else or something it's uh, Mm -hmm. Kevin DeYoung and Justin Taylor and Colin Hansen from the Gospel Coalition so it's a podcast that these three guys do and they interviewed Tim Keller and they basically were talking about celebrity culture in the evangelical world they were kind of talking about this uh, reformed resurgence that was happening in the early 2000s and how the gospel coalition was kind of a part of that and how a lot of celebrity pastors flamed out you know people like james mcdonald and mark driscoll and um, darren patrick uh, and so a lot of these leaders and these kind of celebrity mega churches did badly and they were they spent a long time talking about it. it was really fascinating they were talking about the move from they were saying from a celebrity to an institution, I think we would say a community institution isn't as, uh, it's not as palatable to me, but you know, from, from (coughs) one person being the, like, I'm the important person that that speaks the important things to a team of people. And I think that's an important uh, transition of a healthy church. You know, oftentimes it started maybe by a single singular planter or evangelist or leader, but that should that should multiply into other leaders, you know. That should there should be other leaders, small groups, Sunday school teachers, elders, pastor. You know, like a variety of different leaders that are now preaching the gospel. So it's not all on one person's shoulders. I think that's a natural a natural progression. That's good. So anyway, point I point you, dear listener, to the I think it's called Life Books and everything else. Have you all heard of it? That podcast? I've not. I know those people though. Next
0: it's thing you know, volition, Dave's gonna guys. start putting more uh, dates on our schedule. He's like, "All right, I got this Sunday off, and this Sunday <laughs> off, and this Sunday." <laughs> yes. Right.
3: The other thing, one one side, little tiny tangent too, mm-hmm. I thought of was your point: is false teachers are selfishly destructive, mm-hmm. and I think that's true in the long term. Mm. I think it's also important to say they're selfishly they selfishly construct, they selfishly build up or puff up like it says in 16, they show favoritism to gain advantage. So mm-hmm. often what you'll see is in the short term, they seem to be like really helping people or lifting people up or putting them on a pedestal. But then in the long term, you see that was just for themselves. And that inevitably was destructive to everyone, including mm-hmm. them. Um So anyway, I don't know, that just seemed like, oh, yeah, you should flip mm-hmm. that too. And be careful when they're When they they're doing great things, but for the wrong reasons, that's yeah, that can be dangerous.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: construction for destruction. (laughs) I'm sure some engineer can give us a great. You know, you got to build an explosive device to take down a building. (laughs) 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 Take it all down. Where are you, engineers at? All right. (laughs) Well, anything else on this point, or I guess the rest of the sermon? This is kind of the end. Yeah. Other thoughts. I can't believe we made it on time did pretty
2: well.
0: good
1: oh, great sermon wasn't
0: expecting that
1: was thanks man thank mm-hmm.
2: you mm-hmm. all right i cried and prayed a lot this one. Hmm. that's good not crying i mean metaphorically crying <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <laughs> it's a euphemism <laughs> it's a euphemism sweating that's really what that was the better way to say it sweating. I sweated Blood. over this one yeah, yeah.
3: I, I think the one thing we didn't really touch on again but I, that was did stand out in the whole mm. sermon was you were saying there's a false there's a false i don't know if it's false dichotomy but there's a false way of saying you can either be kind mm. or you can believe in the standards of god yeah. and re- believe in righteousness and and christians are called to both mm. and i think i think you you model that well. I want to I want to continue to model that well. Of like w- when we hit these hard passage, when we're just traveling through a book, that's mm-hmm. one of the ways you have to end up not just saying your what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So we're just p- traveling through. But when we hit these hard things, we aren't we aren't celebrating how hard they are for you. We're mm-hmm. we're not celebrating. Oh yeah, we love just dist- you know judgment and mm-hmm. oh man, we we're just gonna really enjoy heaping this weight on your heart we're here with you we still think that needs to happen we need to struggle with that but we we yeah we want to struggle with you we don't want to just like launch a missile at you and say go deal with it that's the the church is here to walk with you in that in the in the ways that we can um and so I, i just thought that was a good a good thing to remember that and to keep saying, just because we do rejoice in truth, and sometimes truth is hard, mm-hmm. that can feel like we're rejoicing in hardness. <laughs> and oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is. But what we're, we're really trying to say, we're just going to keep saying the truth. But we want to help you to own it and walk in it. And we all need that. Walking, mm-hmm. stepping out in the light for the first time hurts, and it's it's hard to stay out there. Um, but we're, we we want to do that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: important. Word. sweet well thanks for tuning in everybody we will see you next week